This theme is what God are you serving? What God are you serving? Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We give you glory and honor. We magnify and if I uplift and exalt your holy and righteous name. We praise you for this hour. We praise you for this day. We praise you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your grace. And we invite you through the presence of the Holy Spirit to come in, worship with us, teach us, lead us, and guide us according to your will. We thank you for this the gathering of your assembly, and we pray for each and every one of them. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to receive and apply the engrafted word of God. We thank you, our Elohim. We give you glory, honor, and praise. These blessings we ask, decree, and declare by faith in Yeshua HaMashiach's mighty name. Our Lord and Savior, we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. From the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus, an Elohim spoke all these words, saying, I am Yeshua Elohakar which brought you out of the land of Mishim or Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other God or Elohim before me. You shall not make unto you any graven image or the likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them nor serve them. For I, Yahuwah Elokah, God Almighty, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Quote, unquote. The Bible tells us and shares with us that God is not in any way pleased with idol worship. He's not in any way pleased with false gods or gods that try to usurp power over who he is. What is a false or an idol god? A non-Israelite divinity or a false or alien god who resurrects himself to think he is a, su a supreme power. The word of God tells us and shares with us these words he said. And God spake these words, I am the Lord thy God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Idolatry was a prohibited practice by Yahuwah Elohim, God Almighty himself. The nation of Israel got themselves in a lot of trouble because they worshiped idol gods. Matter of fact, that's what led them into captivity in Egypt because they chose to worship idols and gods that had nothing to do with Yahuwah Elohim, our living God, many of whom refer to him as Jehovah God. The word of God tells us and shares with us, there should not be worship of idols. People get angry and they create problems and issues with you because you take a stand for what is right. But God says stand for what is right. Stand for truth and do not give in 
because to condone it is to go to those practices and those behaviors and those services. When you do that, you condone those behaviors. And God said, do not even participate in that mess. Let's talk about some of these gods that got Israel and the Canaanites and the Amorites and some of these other nations and nationalities in trouble with God. There was first Astral. Uh, he was, she was a goddess of the Canaanites connected with the fertility and maternity. And she was called the companion of Baal. King Solomon, influenced by his foreign wives, fell into Astaroth worship, which led to his downfall from the kingdom. Then there's Baal. He was a supreme god among the Canaanites, worshipped in many different forms, but often as the sun god or the god of storm. He also was a fertility god who supposedly made the earth bear crops and women bear children. Rights, his rights involved worship of himself, including cult prostitution and sometimes human sacrifice. And there was a showdown between this God and Elijah at Mount Carmel. The Bible tells us and shares with us about that story. It, it, it was a reoccurring temptation for Israel to worship Baal. All worship of false gods is infuriating God Almighty, Yahuwah Elohim, our true eternal God, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, and God of the Hebrews. He says, no other God before me. Then there was Shemosh, the God of the Moabites, also worshipped by the Amorites. This God was a cruel and he was involved in human sacrifices. Solomon erected an altar to uh, Shemosh south of Mount Olives on the side of Jerusalem. And this story is in the book of 2 Kings around the 23rd chapter. Then there was Dagon, the god of the Philistines, had a body of a fish and a human head and hands in its statue. He was the god of water and grain. Samson fell because this God. He met his demise by this particular God, by this particular aura of, of our behavior by that nation. Remember when Samson's eyes was burned out and he told them, just, just get me back to the pillars of the temple. And they were in an arena and they was picking at him and messing with him. And God allowed his anointing to come back on Samson. And that anointing came back on Samson. And when that anointing came on him, he pushed the pillars of that particular arena down. And when he did, everybody died in the arena, including himself. Because of idol worship. Idol worship will get you in a lot of trouble with God if you choose to go that route. The story is told that this particular God was placed, Dagon was placed in the temple. And when he was placed in the temple, beside him, they brought in the Ark of the Covenant. And when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, the next morning when they went into the temple, the, the, the statue of Dagon was laying face down. They erected it and stood it back up. The next morning, when they went back into the temple, they found that Dagon had fallen again. But this time, his head was cut off and both of his hands. God will not tolerate idol worship. There is a serious 
price to pay and consequences for worshiping idols. And, and, and the Philistines found that out. King Saul armor in their temple, they hung his head beside Dagon when they killed him. He was, he was killed in battle. They took his head into the temple and hung it behind, beside this particular uh, 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 idol god. There were 40 false gods of the Egyptians. Many of them are not named here, but, but let's talk about some of them because people today still worship these idol gods. Ra is an idol god. He's a god of the sun. Oris is an idol god. A god of magic, a goddess of magic. Oris, also the god of afterlife. Thor is, a, is an idol god. The god of wisdom and the moon. And then there's Horus, the god of the sun. Oddly, the Hebrews were not tempted by these gods to worship any of these gods. And the reason is because they feared Jehovah. They feared Yahuwah Elohim, the eternal real God, Amen. who says, I will not tolerate idolatry in my house or in my kingdom. God says the heavenly kingdom, he's not going to talk. Why would anybody bow to a man? Why would anybody bow to a statue? Why would anybody worship and chant? And do all these things. These statues or dead people can do absolutely nothing for them. So, so we serve an eternal God. Israel found themselves in trouble with God on two separate occasions because of the golden calf first erected by Aaron. And then later it was erected again. The word of God tells us and shares with us this, this second time it was erected. It was erected at Mount Sinai at the foot of Jehoram's reign, this particular statue created a lot of problems for the nation of Israel. Because when Moses came and saw Israel worshiping a golden calf, God had given him the law, the Ten Commandments. He took them and threw them. Yes. First he said, everybody that's on the Lord's side, step over here. And everybody is going to worship and serve Baal, step over, I mean, uh, uh, this golden calf, step over there. Yes. And when they moved, he threw the commandments and broke them and destroyed everybody that was involved with idol worship. And when they were destroyed, he had to go back up to the mountaintop and get the law again before he could bring it and give it to the people. Because God supported Moses because Moses stood up for what was right. So, so I dare to tell anybody, don't stand up for what's right when it comes to uh, God, Jehovah, God, Yahuwah, Hamashiach. When it comes to Christ, our Lord and Savior, we must serve and worship the true and living God. Then, then, then there is the Muslims who, who, who worship an idol. Then you have Jehovah's Witnesses who worship and believe that God didn't have a son. Or that God's son has no power. Yeah. All of these different gods. Then, then there is uh, 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 Hinduism. And the Hinduism really have no real belief. It's just that they don't believe nothing, that there's nothing to an end. And, and this is where, 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 where Buddhism came from. It's a spinoff of Hinduism. Right. Right. Yep. And God 
will not. That's why you have big earthquakes that's killing thousands and thousands of people in these regions and in these areas because they are worshiping idols. Japan, China, other places worship Buddha. We have American citizens and members of my own family who worship this idol God. What is Buddhism? Over 2,500 years ago, and then over 300 million now, or even more, up to 1 billion people follow this particular religion. It is a crime in the eyes of God to worship a statue or anything made in the image of a statue. It can't give us life. It can't help us breathe. It can't meet our needs or pay our bills or help us in any way. Buddhism, Hinduism, and all these other gods are a result of atheistic existentialism, which means it begins with atheistic existentialism, meaning the atheists don't believe in a god. And Buddhism is one of those religions that says there is no real permanent end to anything. They believe you can come back as a dog or a cat or, or some other form of an animal or a bird or something or even another human being. When the Bible says there is once appointed for a man to die and then the judge, you're not coming back as no bird or no dog or no chicken or no cat. You're not coming back as no plant. You're going to the judgment and be judged for idol worship. And burn in hell if you don't stop it. But there is one true and living God. Whoever him, the God that created the earth, the God that says, I will make man in my own image, in my likeness. That is the only true and living God. And he says, no man shall bow to anything other than he bow before me. For I created you. He got on Israel for that. He got them out of 40 years of 400 years of captivity. And what did they do? Started worshiping idol God. He said, wait a minute. Yes. I'm a jealous God. I'm not going to tolerate that. Yes. He put them in captivity. 400 years they stayed in captivity. Yes. Then after they got out of captivity, they started sinning again. And then God took their ancestors who are you and I and put us in bondage for 400 years. Not because of something we did, but because of what they did. We stayed in bondage for 400 years. Hebrews, many of us don't even know we're Hebrews because the church won't teach it and tell you who you are. They want to, they don't tell you. I want you to know it's all right after a while. No knowledge, no wisdom, no power, just a bunch of rattling. God says, no other God shall be put before me. Yes, yes. He meant what he said. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What does the Buddhists teach? They teach that it's called the enlightened one. They have what we call uh, a Dalai Lama. This person is sought out after one dies and they sought out after this particular person and, and they find him round about at the age of five, this last one, that he was five years old when they found him and they exalted him to a place of power and position and they fall and worship this person and he's supposed to give them instructions and directions. The only instructions and directions God gave to us is in this book. You got 84 real chapters. 
Yours has 66 books. There are 84 books if you look at the separate, which I read from and teach from. And that's the word of God. 105 scholars translated it from uh, Greek to English so that we can understand what God said and that we could get the gospel and the truth of the word of God in this part of the world. So, so it behooves us to worship the true and living God. Our children are going to destruction because parents choose to worship something else. Find their children in car wrecks and being shot and killed and destroyed and dying because they choose to worship something then they're living in true God. Your children can be in the safety of your protection when you pray for them and teach them the right way to go. And don't let them get involved in that foolishness because that's exactly what it is, a bunch of foolishness. It can't help you. It can't deliver you. It can't bring. When, when God's wrath fall upon you for that behavior, there is nothing to stop God's wrath. When my family member, when I was called and told that I had a family member in the hospital for three weeks before I ever found out about it, and I went to pray and God said, it is for my will. She will not return home to her parents. He said, it's for my will. She's going to die. We're having a memorial service tomorrow. The Holy Spirit does not lie. God will not lie. He will speak to his man servants. I knew from the day I found out she was in the hospital that she would not return back home to her parents. God told me that day. You can pray, but she's going to pass away. Because I want to teach this family something. I want to teach those around them something. That idol worship will not be tolerated by the living God. That's the lesson in all of this. And some of them will still not get it until God strikes closer to home. Sometimes people have to learn about trial and error. And when God gives you a warning, it's up to you whether you receive it or reject it. If you receive it, God will bless you and move you forward. If you reject it, there are consequences that you will pay. Let's go a little bit further with this. What does it mean? The Buddha means enlightened one. It's a form of atheism. Uh, uh, it is a form of polytheistic belief uh, on the paramount of those who live in unrighteous and unholiness. Those who haven't repented of their sins. A sinner, if a person repents and comes to Christ as Lord and Savior, they will not endeavor in such behavior. Because the Holy Spirit within you will convict you that you are wrong by practicing and doing such a thing. There was so many different people in this particular messy religion. But, but, but this Dalai Lama or this person that's over this Buddhism crap was someone who thought he was helping people. He was the son of a prince. And, and the, the, the king kept him sheltered so he never saw anything that was bad or ungodly or uh, that was evil or, or ungood. And so he convinced his father one day, let me go out and take a look around the world. He said, as a king, I'm going to be king. I need to know what I'm dealing with and the type of people I'm serving. First thing he saw was a man on the street begging and hungry. 
He went out a second time. The second time he went out, he saw another beggar and then he saw a dead man. And then he decided, I'm going to do something about this. And he decided to go on a fast and spend time in the wilderness and, 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 and just meditate. And all of a sudden through this meditation, he gets these enlightening. Same thing he could have got if he'd read his Bible. And put his faith and trust in God. But he gets this stuff and then he decides he's going to teach it. And they exalt him to the state of Buddha. Say, I, I know the religion. I studied it. And the re- that's why people are mad with me because I studied. I studied several religions when I was in, uh, in seminary. There are over 500 different religions that people practice. Thank the Lord. And that was in 94. So they don't tell how many they are now. That was when I was in seminary. There were different religions people practiced. But there, like I said, there's only one true God. What are, they have four truths that they believe. They believe that, uh, that, that, that the origin, there is an origin of suffering. They believe there is an end to suffering. And they also believe that, that suffering exists. They also feel that there is a way to healing. They believe that there is nothing permanent. Nothing. Now, God told us that we would die, would be judged or rewarded for our, our work as Christians, and we would go to be with him eternally. So where's all these people that don't believe nothing is permanent going when they die? Straight to hell. Straight to a burning hell. Because they've put an eye hole before the And they'll tell you, I believe in God. I know God. That's not the question. The question is, do God know you? That's the question. And what is the answer to that question? Remember, he said, many will come in my name at the end saying, Father, we did this, and Father, we did this, and Father, I did it. And he will, Christ will say, what? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because I never knew you. That's his word. This is a tough sermon, but we got to have it. We got to hear it. Because we need to know truth. Then they have what they call a, in, uh, uh, the eightfold path of life. It's the right view, right resolve, right speech, right conduct, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and the right concentration. This gives you something called Nevada, which means that you'll get to that place where you arrive. And guess when you get to Nevada? You get there when you're dead. No one that has died is to ever come back to tell them what that experience is like. I can tell you what it's like. It's a burning hell. That's what it's like. You go to a place where you burn eternally because you worship an idol until the day you die. So you want to know what the experience is? That's where they are. Because God says, I will not tolerate idol worship under any form. Who is the true and living God? Jeremiah tells us in the 10th chapter, in the 10th verse, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting king of eternity. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. This is I'm God. Who are you? Where did you come from? And why are y'all worshiping him him or her. He said, worship me. I'm who you're supposed to be paying attention to. The only God 
that sent his son through 42 generations to redeem us from our sinful condition and give us a right to eternal life. These other idols can't do that. None of them don't even teach that. That is not even a principle within their teaching. But Christ said, I came and died and gave my blood and went on a cross and shed it, my blood for you. That you may know who I am and receive the Father and receive me as Savior and go and be with me eternally. That's what he did for us. The word of God tells us in, in Exodus 3.14, these words, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say when you get to the Israelites. I am has sent you, has sent me to you. He said, I am who I am. God exists outside of eternity. He don't need eternity. He exists out. He's self-existing, self-sustaining. He's all God, all by himself. He don't need anything or anyone. Why? Why did he choose Israel? Because he just decided to choose a nation of people to love and to make his royal seed. And that nation was the nation of Israel. That nation was the Hebrew nation. The word of God tells us and shares with us, we must serve, worship, and bow down only to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of the Israel. The God of the Hebrews. The 12 tribes of, of Israel. That's the God that we serve. We worship and serve him. We give homage and praise to his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, or who we call Jesus Christ. He is Lord and Savior of the lost house of Israel. He came to save Israel. Everybody else can receive Christ if they choose to. There is a time what they call for the Gentiles. And during the Gentile time and the Gentile worship, the word of God tells us and shares with us, Gentiles will have so much time to come into the light of revelation knowledge. And after that time is cut off, the end of the Gentiles, God will come back and put the Israelites into reign. They will go into reigning power and authority. And when they go into reigning power and authority, all of the children of Esau will go into captivity for 900 years. Because of the oppression that they placed upon the Hebrew nation of God's people that's scattered all over the world. See, those people in Israel are imposters. They're not the real Hebrews. You and I are the real Hebrews. See, I want you to know the truth, not what people think. What's the difference between a Hebrew and a Jew? Jews created their religion. The Hebrews have always been the chosen children of God. We've always been the royal seed, the elect of God. We are the the originals. Israel belonged to us. But we got we ran got ran out of there by people who come out of the Caucasus Mountains and, and tried to destroy all of the Hebrews. And the ones that didn't get destroyed ran into Africa. And when they got into Africa, what happened was they ran into Africans who sold them to the Europeans in slavery. And that's how we ended up in this country as slaves and now servants being paid for what we really owned right here in this country. See, you want to know the truth, that's the truth. You want the word, that's the word. The Bible says, I will have no other God before me. Jehovah made that very plain. He he got on, if you go and look at the book of, uh, of Ezekiel, you will find in the sixth chapter, he reminds them, I'm not going to tolerate idol gods. I'm not going to put up with idol worship. I'm not going to have it and then you come and bow to me. When you get sick, you don't call on Buddha. Yes. 
Jesus, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I ain't never heard nobody sick call Buddha's name. Have you? I ain't never heard nobody sick call Krishna's name. I ain't never heard nobody sick call Muhammad's name. I ain't never heard nobody sick call these Hindu gods' name. They say, Jesus, help me. So the next time you get sick, since you want to worship these idol gods, call them and go talk to Jeremiah or Ezekiel. He'll tell you. He'll tell you that, that the idol gods don't work. <laughs> they don't respond. You know, when he had that issue, when they were, when they were having that issue, and he, they poured all that water around that trough and put all that wood in there, and they soaked it down real good. And Elijah decided that when they wanted to find out about the gods of them, and the God of the Hebrews. And, and, and Elijah stood there and, and laughed at them. Because they kept doing all these chants and all this craziness. And nothing happened. And he said, go wake up your God. He must be somewhere asleep. Go, go find him and wake him up. So he can come and help you and heal you. And, and he said, the God that answers by fire is the true and living God. They prayed and they did everything and nothing happened. Yes. And then it was Elijah's turn. Mm-hmm. And, and when he prayed, the sun lit the flame and not only did it drink all the water it, 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 it burned up all of the wood and the chase that was in the trough it, it, it completely dried it out to dry they found out that Yahuwah Elohim is the true and living God he is the real and eternal God of heaven and earth and he is the only God that should ever be worshipped by any man's hand. By any man. When you bow to pray, you should pray to him. When you bow to pray, you should give him glory, honor, and praise. When you bow to Jehovah, Yahuwah, Elohim, he will stop heaven, stops and look down. They look over the back and say, who is that down there giving me praise? Who is that down there worshipping me? Who is that down there thanking me for all that he has? In sickness and in health, always give him praise. Always bow before Yahuwah Elohim and worship and adore, uplift and exalt him. Why? Because he's promised us eternal life. And we will reign with Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Father forever. And why would anybody risk that to follow any other God? What are you thinking? When you put another God before the living and true God who made you in his image and in his likeness. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you. We thank you for this message. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for the fact that you have allowed your power, your mercy, your grace, the Holy Spirit and the Son to come into our hearts and redeem us from a state of unrighteousness. We thank you for our salvation and for the salvation of our households. We thank you for your love and your grace. And we thank you for this message, Lord. Let it accomplish that for which thou hast sent it. We bind and rebuke every demonic power and force of the enemy that stands against anyone that decree and declare Yahuwah HaMashiach, Yahuwah Elohim, our Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord God, that you will bless each and every heart under the sound of my voice and let them cry out to Yahuwah Elohim, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Savior, the anointed Messiah, 
and come forth, praise, worship, and give their hearts and lives unto him. We thank you for this message, and we praise you for these that have said under the word of God. And we ask now that you bless every heart under the sound of my voice. Cover these, your people, in the blood of Yeshua. Watch over and protect their lives and keep them from hurt, harm, or danger. These blessings we pray, decree, and declare, and ask in Yeshua's mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. This morning, we want to talk about, from the theme, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? From Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, we want to talk about a story there that has been recorded. Uh, we, we want to share this story with you because I think it's a good story about giving thanks to God and letting God know how appreciative we are for the things he has done and continue to do in our lives. And in this particular book, the 20th chapter of Second Chronicles, we find Jehoshaphat has an experience that he needs God's assistance with. And in the process of that, God begins to tell him how to deal with the issue at hand. So let's take a look at this story this morning. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We welcome your presence and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your love and grace. And now we ask your blessings and your mercy upon all of us as we come, Father, to look and partake of thy word. Hide me behind the cross. Come forth through the spirit and the power of your glory and minister to each and every one of us right where we are that you would get all the glory and the praise out of our lives. We thank you for this opportunity, for this day, and for this hour. We bless you for these that are in worship service, and we pray now that you just move by your presence and your Holy Spirit. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. So we find that the word or the meaning of giving thanks or thanksgiving is to express gratitude or to show appreciation, to acknowledge we must show others how much we are grateful for the things they do in our lives to the God we serve how grateful we are for what he's doing in our lives and we must share that not only with God but with others about the goodness of God it is the will of God that we all give thanks to, to stop and think about all that he's done for us and tell someone thank you for what they've done, but also to tell him thank you for all he has done for us. We find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 15 to 18, these words, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God, or God's will, for you in Christ Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. He said, always have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude. Let the power and the presence of God come forth and manifest in you. We simply say, hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. And we thank you for your merciful, loving kindness to each and every one of us that never, ever ends. God's mercy and his goodness and his blessings continue to share and flow upon all of our lives and to each and every one of us on a continuous basis. We find the word of God tells us and shares 
that we must have discipline because thankfulness is being able to find discipline in both the discipline itself and also the thankfulness of what we're asking, believing, trusting, and have received from God. The word of God tells us and shows us that we must control ungratefulness and negativity by turning our direction in the thoughts of giving thanks to God. When we give thanks to God, he blesses, increases, and gives us more. So let us enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise unto him, sing songs unto him, and bless his holy and righteous name. And that is what's going on, and that is what's happening in this instance. In this story, we find in the 20th chapter of the second book of Chronicles, it came to pass that the word of God tells us and shows us that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and all the others beside them began to come up against Jehoshaphat to battle and to fight against the nation of Israel and, and Judah. And the word of God tells with us and shares with us that this bold man of God who was the leader of the nation at that time decided that this was a serious matter because he'd been warned that now this other nations are beginning to come up against Israel and fight Israel. But Jehoshaphat had already been uh, come to that place where Israel themselves had tried to fight the Ammonites. And what had happened was God would not let them go and fight them and defeat them. So since God would not let them go fight and defeat them, they walked away and went another direction. But now here these same nations, the or Moabites and the children of Ammon and Moab are beginning to come up again against the nation of Israel, against the tribe and the, the, the city of Judah. And, and Jehoshaphat does not know what to do. And in verse 3 he says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. When you have problems in life, it's a good thing to always go to God first. It's a good thing to go and seek the counsel of God before you seek the counsel of man because a lot of time man ain't going to give you the right counsel. See, sometimes we get angry and we're ready to go to battle, ready to go fight it out. But God says, hold your peace sometime. Come and bring the issue or the problem or the concern to me and I will do it for you. Look at verse number four. And he said in these words, he said, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask for help from God. So he put them on a fast and he told them all to go pray and seek God for the answer because we got three nations that's getting ready to come up and fight and destroy us. So the, so the leader of the nation says we need to seek God out and ask God for help and direction. You ever had that neighbor that just wouldn't quit? Have ever had that individual that just want to fight it out no matter what you say or how you talk, or no matter how soft you spoke, they still was, had that rage and anger within them and they wanted to go to battle. Yes, yes. So, but, but the man of God in this story, he takes the spiritual approach and he goes to God and he seeks God. And not only does he go, but he puts the nation on fast and he sends them on their knees to seek God for the answer. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came and sought God. In verse number five, it says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of God before the new court, and said unto, and said, O Yahuwah Elohim, 
or God, our Father, are not you the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth? That's what, what the word Elohim means. Creator of heaven and earth. And you rule not just over all of the kingdoms, but over the heathens too. So these people were heathens and they were coming up to fight this man and the nation of Judah and Israel. And your hands is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Are not you Elohim and did not and did drive out all of the inhabitants of the land before the people of Israel and gave it the seed of Abraham, your friend forever. So God had blessed Israel with this land. And now here come these three nations coming to fight Israel and take this land from them. It says, and they dwelt therein and have built your sanctuary. Israel now dwells in this land of promise. But these nations are coming to fight and take it away from them. And then he goes on, he says, he built your sanctuary therein for your name, saying, if when evil come upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house in your presence. So they took the issue or the matter into the presence of God and asked God for comfort and God for guidance and God for direction. Amen. He could have said, go get the army ready. Right. We're going to fight. Right. But he didn't do that. He said, let's go to God. Let's seek God and see what he has to say about this issue. The rest of that says, for your name's sake in this house. He says, and cried unto you our afflictions. Then you will hear and help us. When we come before you and share our afflictions, we come to you and share our problems. You always hear us and you always answer us. So Jehoshaphat is talking to God in front of these people. Look at verse 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who you would not let Israel invade when they came, but of the land of Mysterium or Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. See, Israel had a time chance to take them out, but God wouldn't let them do it. They turned, Israel did, and went another way. He said, but behold, I say how they reward us to come and cast us out of the possession, out of the land that you've given us. Now here they come, Father. So just notice this man's having a conversation with God, but the whole congregation is standing there as he's talking, which you have given us for an inheritance. He says, oh, Eloi, or God, or Yahuwah, or Jehovah, as some may say, will you not judge them? For we have no might against the great company that comes against us. We don't have any might against them. He said, I don't know what to do. You ever been in that place where you just didn't know what to do? How to respond? How to answer? Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. Look at what he says. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon you. So when you fix your eyes on God, when you seek him for the answer, guess what he does? He always, 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 always give you the answer. It may not be what you want to hear, but he always gives you the answer. Look at verse 13. It says, all and all Judah stood before Yahuwah with their little ones, their women and their children. And then upon Zechariah, uh, uh, the son of, of, of Zechariah, Zechariah, I got this, this is a different translation I'm reading from, the son of Benayahu, the son of Geol, the son of Matthew, a Levite. So the Levites were the priests of the land. 
of the sons of Ahath and of Ruach, Yahuwah, or the Holy Spirit, or the Holy God, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, now God speaks to this man, and he says, hearken ye, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. So the man of God says, listen, God has something to say to you. Be quiet. Listen to what he has to say. So the man of God begins to minister. Thus saith God or the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. He says there's a great army through you. You've got three nations coming up against you to fight you. And you're two small nations. He said, don't be afraid. Then he says, for the battle, and I know we all heard this before, is not yours. The battle is not yours, he says, but God's, the Lord's. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. He said, go down there where they at. Behold, they come up by the cleft of Tissus, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of uh, Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. God said, this is my battle. I just want you to go down there so I can show you and she, so you can see the salvation of the Lord. You just go down there and watch what happened. You ever, you ever had somebody coming up against you and before you, you just worried and worried and worried sick and before they can do anything to you, something happened to them? God step in and put a stop to them before they can do anything to you. He says, set your, he says, set yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. He said, go down there with boldness. Go down there with strength and power. Stand firm. I want you to go down there like you got, you know, you may not have the 50, but go down there like you got 200,000. Go down there and stand firm. He says, don't fear them and don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For Yahuwah will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And fell before God and worshipped him. Now they got the answer. So now they what? Give thanks. The blessing is in giving thanks. When you give God thanks he will bless you. When you receive from God say thank you Lord. When you receive from God say I praise you and bless you for the answer. So the man of God, the leader of the nation, bows first, puts his face to the ground and says, thank you, Lord. And when he bowed and put his face to the ground and said, thank you, and worshiped God and the, the Levites and the children of Kadoshim and the children of Koshu stood to up to praise God and Israel with a loud voice on high. Now watch what they do. This is interesting. Because we would think that they would get their armor and everything ready to go to battle. But that's not what these people did. Look at the next verse 20. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness to Tekoa. And they went forth. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe ye in Yahuwah or Elohim. So shall ye be established. He said, bleed me. Then watch what he says. Bleed his prophets and you shall prosper. 
And when he had thus spoken or consulted with the people, he appointed singers. People to give praise and glory to God. He appointed singers. It says unto uh, Judah, that unto the Lord, that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and to say, praise God or Yahuwah for his mercy endures forever. Now notice, they're getting ready to go to fight. But God takes and set in the forefront of the army people of praise who will worship and sing songs of praise and thanksgiving unto him. Yes. Verse 22 says, and when they began to sing and praise God, God set an ambush against the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Mount Seir, which came up against Judah, and they were smitten. Now they setting up there getting ready. They think they're going to win a fight. God uses praise to deliver his children. He uses praise to bring them to the place of victory. Look at verse 23. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood against in the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy each other. They started fighting one another. Now, can you imagine the praise is so strong in a battle that the people that's coming to fight you begin to fight themselves? They became so disoriented and so unorganized that they forgot who they were fighting. That shows the power and the glory of God over his, and the protection of God over his people. These people were so, so fired up that they just started killing one another. And not only did they begin to fight each other, they literally destroyed each other. Verse 24 says, and when uh, Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude and behold, there they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and nobody escaped. Everybody was destroyed because they came up against Israel. If you go back and look into the, uh, into the, the Apocrypha, you find many, many different stories how God destroyed every nation that came up against Israel. None of them defeated Israel. Only the ones that God allowed to defeat Israel defeated them. But God destroyed this, these three nations. They fought themselves. God said, what? The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. And sometimes we have to remember the battle is not ours. When the enemy comes, God says, I will hide you and they can't even find you. You'll be right in their presence and they look at it and can't even see you. Because what? I'm going to hide you. I'm going to hide you from them. Now here, Israel standing there, Judah standing there, and these nations killing themselves. And they go into the camp, and when they go into the camp, they find all these people dead. <clears throat> they didn't have to lift a finger. They didn't have to shoot a bone arrow. They didn't have to blow a horn. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was just stand there and watch God fight their battle. And sometimes that's what we have to do. Just give him praise, give him glory, give him thanks. He will fight the battle and give you the victory. And that's what Jehoshaphat had prayed for. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, don't worry about it. The battle is mine. I'll take care of it. And sometimes when they fight, you say, Lord, what shall I do? And he'll say, stand still. Don't you move. You just keep giving me praise. You just keep worshiping. You just keep saying thank you, Lord, for all you have done. And watch what happened. It says, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoils of them, 
they found among them an abundance of both riches with dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off of them more than they could even carry. And they were three days in gathering the spoils. It was so much. Yes. Imagine you got so much wealth among these three nations that it took Israel three days to gather it all up. Uh -huh. That's a lot of wealth. So instead of you destroying Israel and defeating them, God says, I'm going to prosper you. Notice the verse I said, said, if you listen to the prophets, I'm going to prosper you. And the man of God, the Levite came and gave them the word and they stood on the word of God. God destroyed everybody and then gave them all of their possessions and made them even richer than they already were. And so God says, I will take from the rich and give to the poor. So the wealth of the wicked, the word says, is what? Laid up and stored up for the righteous. That's the word of God. The oppressed, the poor, those that are beggarly, those that need the things of God. He will take the wealth of the riches of the wealth and uh, of, the, of the wicked and give it to the righteous. Yes. And these people began to praise and give God glory and praise because of what God did for them. The word of God tells us, the psalmist said earlier in the, in the psalm, psalm 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Come unto his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and what? Bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth unto all generations. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs. For God favors those who rejoice. He favors those who uplift him in praise and worship. That's why we come in on Sunday morning. I want us to sing stuff that Brings, he said, make a joyful noise. Yes. You know, he doesn't been beat down all week. You come in there dragging, oh, Lord, I want you to help me. No, he said, go ahead and sing something with some life in it. Lift, lift the spirits of the people of God. You know, sometimes we have to sing some fiery stuff because I know the devil done whipped us all week, myself included. And we need, sometimes I say, I'm going to sing, sometimes I'm going to let you sing. And the reason is because I want you to have your spirits lifted too. You know, you say, boy, you sing so fiery, you just lift us all. No, lift yourself up. When you come in God's house, bring some fire with you. Don't come in here looking for the fire. Bring it. Get up and give some praise and thanks and rejoice and glorify and magnify God. And whenever you come, you got fire with you that builds on the fire that's already in here. You don't ever know when I'm coming in, ain't got no fire. I may sit there and don't say a word the whole, the whole singer song, the whole service. You never know. Because the devil attacks everybody. He don't just attack you, he'll attack me. He'll attack everybody. And when we come in here, we come in here what? Because we need our souls stirred. We need to be encouraged. We need to be uplifted. We need to be inspired. And when we rejoice and give him praise, we get the victory. We walk out re rejuvenated. We walk out refreshed. We walk out feeling glee and happy and rejoicing and giving him praise and thanksgiving for another day. For another powerful message that encourages and uplifts all of us. See, the word uplifts me just like it uplifts you. That's why I say, God, bless the word and let it go forth and lift us all up. Uh -huh. Now, I don't want to preach in you. Well, Lord, I told him what you're saying, but I told I sure feel miserable today. No, no, the word is for me just like it is for you. The same word feeds me just like it feeds you. Right. I eat it first, then I share what the Lord shared with me, with you. The Lord blesses the righteous. He surrounds them with the shield of favor protection, strength, power, salvation, and peace. So he, he, this is what God does for the righteous. The Lord is the strength 
of his people, a protection of salvation for his anointing. The Lord gives his people strength and the Lord blesses his people with the peace of God. God, you are awesome, the word says. In your sanctuary, the God of Israel himself gives strength. We know that. We heard that in the story. He strengthened Israel and all they had to do was just stand there and receive it. He gave them victory. All they had to do was just stand there and inherit it. He gave them riches. All they had to stand do is go and get them. Sometimes God will tell you to go get it. You say, no, the Lord, I'd like to have some. No, go get it. It's yours for the asking. Go get it. He beat down three nations and send the children and say, now go get what they got and put it in your treasure. Go take it from them. They don't deserve to have it no way. See, God will tell you, go get it. You say, oh, Lord, I sure need a new car. Go get it. The same God bless you with the house or bless you with a car. All you got to do is what? Exercise your faith, speak it into existence, and when the time is right, God will open that door. And you have a small window of time to go there and do what you need to do. God says, I've opened the door, go. The blessing's waiting on you, go. What you're waiting on, go. The job is available, go. The opportunity is open, go. What are you waiting on, go. The blessing is there, go get it. And you're still coming around trying to figure out what's going to happen next. No, and I already opened the door. Go through the door. I've given you the victory. Take the victory and use it. And give me the praise. And see, that's one thing about God. He don't want you to give his glory and his praise to nobody else. When I get a car sale, I say, Lord, thank you for this sale. I don't tell them people. I say, ah, congratulations. I tell God, thank you. Because he, what God is, always remember, God is the source. The people are the channel that he used to bless you. Don't ever forget that. God is your source. And the people you work with or work for are the channel that God used to bless you. People walk up to you and bless you. You say, Lord, that was a blessing. God uses people to bless you. You know, there ain't no money going to fall out the sky. Stand there if you want to. If it fall out, it's because somebody done, done, done stole it and went up in the air and it's dropping back down. But ain't nothing going to fall out the sky unless that happen. So you have your blessings come through the people you deal with or the people God send you to. And God tell you, you want something. God said, go to this place right here. That's the channel he's open for you to get that blessing. And sometimes you go around the world and come back. You can't get your blessing because you didn't do it the way God told you to do it. And one time I told my uh, daughter's mother she wanted a car. And I said, go to this location. And I said, pick out any car you want. And I will come down there and sign the paperwork. And it took her six months, six months. She kept going, finding these old raggedy, beat up, beat down calls that had this and had that and a good radio and a good set of tires. And the car wasn't worth a nickel. And I said, whenever you go and look at the place where I told you to go, I will come and sign the paperwork. And one day I was out driving my UPS truck and she called. And she said, I'm at Parkway Ford. I said, it took you six months to get there. Six months. But I stopped what I was doing because I was right across the street at the marketplace. And I walked over the parkway forward and signed the documents. And she drove away in a brand new car. Said, God will bless you. He will open a door for you. But you have got to be willing to submit and do what he says. So God says, if you listen to my prophets, I will prosper you. If you follow the teaching of the word, I will bless and strengthen you. 
So you, you, were, you were a little sick and you start feeling better and you say, oh man, them Tylenols really helped. No, they didn't. That was just the dope to cope. It was the healing that God administered to you that heals you. It wasn't the dope to cope. We all take a pill every now and then when something aches. You say, just rub yourself with some anointing on and say, Lord, remove that pain. Oh, Lord, give me the wisdom to make the right decision involving whatever this is that's bothering me. And then God will lead you and guide you. But when the pain gone, as soon as the dope wear off, guess what? Pain come back. <laughs> See? So God says what? Trust me. Put your faith and assurance in me and I will deliver you. God, you are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength, power to his people. He blessed them and he says, bless me in return. God is secure, is a secure refuge for the oppressed. A stronghold in the time of trouble. He says, I'm right here for you. Seek me. What did Jehoshaphat do? He looked to God. He said, Israel, Jerusalem, we all going to look to God. And it'd be good whenever the minister can say, let's take it to God in prayer. When people call me, I say, what? Pray about it. Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons you have against all of the attacks of the enemy. It is the most powerful weapon. And then learning how to use the tools of the scripture. When you use the, what is the tool of, of, of the most powerful tool other than prayer? It's God's word. Speak the word to the situation and I declare you will get results. When you use God's word against whatever the devil trying to do to you, I rebuke you and the word says, and you say what that word says, I decree and declare it and speak it with vigor, speak it with, 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 with power, speak it with authority, because you have authority in the word of God. And that's one of the things the church needs to learn. We have authority. Yeah, yeah. And we walk around like barely weaklings. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how to handle that situation. Let me call Brother Don and see what he got to say about it. Let me call Sister Sue and see what she got to say. <laughs> no, I'll talk to the Lord and see what he got to say about it. And then do what he says. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. That's what his job is. He says, when I, Christ said, when I leave, I'm going to send a comforter. He will teach you and bring back to your remembrance everything I ever said. That's what Christ said to the, to the people. He said, I'm going to bring it back to your mind through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit come upon you, I'm going to what? Endow you with power. And you will be what? Witnesses unto who? Me. That's what the word says. He said, I'm going to give you the power. He said, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth, the word which you speak. The kingdom is what? Inside. Y'all looking up there trying to get the kingdom to come down. The kingdom is inside of you. Oh, Lord, come down and help me. No, 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 the kingdom is inside. God said, I placed the kingdom in you. And you're walking around looking for it, then looking up in the sky. I placed it inside of you. All you got to do is speak what I tell you. What did God tell Jehoshaphat? Be still. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still. I'm going to fight the battle. It's not yours. It belongs to me. Be still. See, a lot of people teach that out of context. Yes, yes. They don't create the matter, and then they want the Lord to fight the battle. No, 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 it don't work like that. See, God stepped in because Israel was what? Doing right by God. 
When we do right by God, God steps in and gives us the victory. But if we create the fight, well, then now sometimes he'll let you handle it yourself. So you, you put that dog in the fight, so you get it out. You probably ain't never heard it that way, but that's an old saying. You, got, you put it in there, so you go get it. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to uplift you and inspire you and give you the victory. But you have to give the situation or the problem to God. Where is the answer? God. Where's the deliverance? In Christ. Where's the victory? In Christ. Where's your deliverance? In Christ. Where is everything you need? In Christ. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Give him the praise. And the more you do that, the more you will see the blessings of God manifest in your life. How great is your goodness, which you have treasured up for these who fear you, the word says. God says, I will give you the treasure of deliverance and victory. Keep your faith and trust in me and watch what I do for you. He tells us, God gives us wise instructions from his word. He says, I'm going to bless you. But you have to listen to what I say. When you read the word, when you open your Bible in the morning and read the word of God, oh, that's for brother so-and-so. No, 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 brother, no, sister, that's for you. Ain't nobody sitting in front of that Bible when you read it but you. <laughs> that ain't for nobody else. He may allow you to soak it in and use it to share with somebody else that need to hear what he told you. But when you read the word, it's for you. Don't pick up the Bible and read the word. Mama, I saw this in the Bible and let me get you straight. No, 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 that's for you. That word is for you. Whatever you read, it's for you. If it's bitter, take it and eat it and do better. If it's sweet, give him glory and praise and share it with somebody because you will meet somebody that need it. But don't read the word and think it's for somebody else. You know, that's a rotten so-and-so. No, 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 that word for you. (laughs) So stop calling yourself names. When God gives you a word, well, it's bittersweet, it's for you. We all know that now. We, as true Christians, we ought to know that. If you don't, welcome to America and to the real word of God. Because we don't make it. We didn't, I mean, I did a sermon Monday. It was pretty bitter, but they had to chew it up. Some of y'all was here. The word of God is sincere. It is the only thing that will correct you. The more you hear the word, guess what? The stronger you become. The more you grow. See, I don't want the congregation to just be sitting around and not growing. That's what the word, the word helps you to grow. You know, if you haven't grown in a year, it's been a year since I've been here. If you haven't grown in a year, you know, woe be unto you. You should have seen, you should have learned something or developed something or received something to help your spiritual life. Because we teach the word. We don't beat around the bush. We don't play with it. We give it to you raw. Just like God gave it to us, I give it, he give it to me, I give it to you. And ain't nobody coming in this pulpit that ain't going to teach the word. You ain't got to worry about that as long as I'm here. And if somebody come up here that I thought was going to teach the word and didn't, they won't be back. Because the, the world needs, people are dying on the vine. They need encouragement. They need to hear the word of God. They need to know that they can live. They can make it. They, they have victory. They need to know that Christ is the answer for whatever they're going through. And if we beat around the bush and not sincere and not teaching the word of God, how can these people find victory and deliverance? Yes. 
You know, people committing suicide and shooting themselves and killing themselves and running around killing each other. That's because they don't know the word of God. They don't know the value of themselves. Know your worth. You are somebody in Christ. You are very valuable to the kingdom of God. Know your worth. You are worth something more than $10 an hour or $12 an hour. Your, your worth is more important than that. You have power, strength, and vigor. You have authority. See, we have to teach these little children in here. You are somebody. You're valuable. Don't ever let anybody tell you you're not valuable. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you're not worth anything or that you're this or that. No, you say, I'm worth something because God made me something. He made me somebody. I have strength. I have power within me. I don't care what your history was. Right where you are, you are worthy and you are worth what God says you are worth. The value of God is within you. The power of God is within you. And the spirit of God within you makes you more valuable than any worldly person you'll ever meet. Because what? You are a child of the kingdom. You are royalty, for God's sake. You have the power of the living God inside of you. And that's enough to rejoice and give praise and thanks to God. But let's wrap this up. The psalmist says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted or uneasy within me? Put your hope in God. For the salvation of God is what you need. The presence of God is what delivers and brings you to the place of victory. Hope in God, for I shall thank him because he is my what? Savior. My deliverer. The one who gives me victory and strength to go forth. I don't care what the devil says. You have the victory. You are more than a conqueror. That's what the word says. Through Christ. We are more than conquerors to him who loved us and gave himself for us. I will thank the Lord among the nations. I will sing of your praises among the people. Let the people thank you, O Lord. Let all the people thank you for your faithfulness as well in the assembly of the holy ones of God. When you come into the house of God, he says what? Give thanksgiving. Give him praise. Magnify, edify, and glorify him. When we say those words, those are the powerful words that makes the kingdom stop and look down and see what's going on. I got people praising me. Angels can't praise. God gave worship and praise to us. When Satan messed up, God gave it to the church. He gave it to the believers. He said, you worship and praise me. I expect to receive it from you, not from the devil. Not from the world. You got the world singing religious songs and they have no real meaning. Are they doing it? It's because it sells records. There's nothing in it that, that's sincere. It sells records and, they, and people buy it. Kanye West have made a religious or a spiritual uh, uh, record now. And they're playing it over and over and over. Is his heart sincere? I pray that it is. Others are singing spiritual songs now because they know that's where the money is. That's the, they know that those sell records and not all of them coming out with gospel music because it sells records and Christians will buy it. You know, they, they say, well, wait a minute, for years we have left the whole market out. We got to record some of the stuff that they like. And that's exactly what they're doing. Kanye's record is number one in the nation. People said it would never do nothing. Well, they've been wronged because the church buying it in droves. 
And he said, what? The word of God tells us. Let me wrap this up. In all things, be thankful unto God, our creator, Christ Yeshua, the Savior, the anointed Messiah. He says, and the Holy Spirit, the comforter and teaches, give thanks to God for all he's done. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, for he is worthy of our praises. Three things we must remember. Number one, in all things, rejoice. No matter what your experience is, no matter what you're going through, rejoice. Give God glory and praise for what you're going through. Pray continually. Never stop praying and seeking God for direction, for strength. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, give you guidance, show you in the word what you need to do. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Always give him thanks. No matter what you experience, no matter what you go through. Always, always. Somebody passed away, give God praise. He says what? Rejoice when they leave, weep when they come into the world. We've twisted it. Give him praise. Thank him. Exalt him. When you think about all he's done for you this season, and this year, we've come through a full year and none of us have had COVID. The ones that have have gotten over it. And they've got their health and strength back. God says, I will watch over and keep you. No disease will come near your dwelling place. When you put me first, when you seek me, if something happens, God will strengthen you and give you back your health. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we come this morning to bless you, to praise you, to glorify, edify, and magnify your holy name. We thank you for this message, Father. We give you thanks for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your glory and your presence in this place. We thank you for the anointing power and the Holy Spirit who rules and reigns with us, in us, and through us. Use us for your glory and let us have thankful hearts. Let us have hearts of gratitude for all the things you have already done for us and how you continue to bless us. Enrich us with your word and your wisdom and your power and strengthen us to go forth knowing that everything is all right because our faith and trust is in you, our Savior. We praise you today. We thank you. We magnify and edify. Now let this word go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast said it. Bless every heart under the sound of my voice and strengthen them and uplift them and give them the peace that passeth all understanding and let them know that surely you are with them to watch over, protect, and keep them safe from all of the enemy attacks. And we bind powers of darkness, demonic forces, spiritual wickedness in every high thing. We come against the prince of the air and the powers of darkness and give you all the glory and praise, our Heavenly Father. For you are worthy of the praise and we give you glory. We bind the powers of the enemy. We loose your power and your glory and your majesty. And we walk in the peace that passeth all of the standing. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. This morning, we want to talk about, from the theme, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? From 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, we want to talk about a story there that has been recorded. Uh, we, we want to share this story with you because I think it's a good story about giving thanks to God and letting God know how appreciative we are for the things he has done and continue to do in our lives. And in this particular book, the 20th chapter of Second Chronicles, 
we find Jehoshaphat has an experience that he needs God assistance with. And in the process of that, God begins to tell him how to deal with the issue at hand. So let's take a look at this story this morning. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We welcome your presence in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your love and grace. And now we ask your blessings and your mercy upon all of us as we come, Father, to look and partake of thy word. Hide me behind the cross. Come forth through the spirit and the power of your glory and minister to each and every one of us right where we are that you would get all the glory and the praise out of our lives. We thank you for this opportunity, for this day, and for this hour. We bless you for these that are in worship service, and we pray now that you just move by your presence and your Holy Spirit. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. So we find that the word or the meaning of giving thanks or thanksgiving is to express gratitude or to show appreciation, to acknowledge we must show others how much we are grateful for the things they do in our lives to the God we serve how grateful we are for what he's doing in our lives and we must share that not only with God but with others about the goodness of God it is the will of God that we all give thanks to, to stop and think about all that he's done for us and tell someone thank you for what they've done, but also to tell him thank you for all he has done for us. We find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 15 to 18, these words, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God or God's will for you in Christ Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. He said, always have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude. Let the power and the presence of God come forth and manifest in you. We simply say, hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. And we thank you for your merciful, loving kindness to each and every one of us that never, ever ends. God's mercy and his goodness and his blessings continue to share and flow upon all of our lives and to each and every one of us on a continuous basis. We find the word of God tells us and shares that we must have discipline because thankfulness is being able to find discipline in both the discipline itself and also the thankfulness of what we're asking, believing, trusting, and have received from God. The word of God tells us and shares with us that we must control ungratefulness and negativity by turning our direction in the thoughts of giving thanks to God. When we give thanks to God, he blesses, increases, and gives us more. So let us enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise unto him, sing songs unto him, and bless his holy and righteous name. And that is what's going on and that is what's happening in this instance. In this story, we find in the 20th chapter of the second book of Chronicles, it came to pass that the word of God tells us and shows with us that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and all the others beside them began to come up against Jehoshaphat. 
to battle and to fight against the nation of Israel and, and Judah. And the word of God tells with us and shares with us that this bold man of God who was the leader of the nation at that time decided that this was a serious matter because he'd been warned that now this other nations are beginning to come up against Israel and fight Israel. But Jehoshaphat had already been uh, come to that place where Israel themselves had tried to fight the Ammonites. And what had happened was God would not let them go and fight them and defeat them. So since God would not let them go fight and defeat them, they walked away and went another direction. But now here these same nations, the Moabites and the children of Ammon and Moab are beginning to come up again against the nation of Israel, against the tribe and the, the, the city of Judah. And, and Jehoshaphat does not know what to do. And in verse 3 he says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. When you have problems in life, it's a good thing to always go to God first. It's a good thing to go and seek the counsel of God before you seek the counsel of man because a lot of time man ain't going to give you the right counsel. See, sometimes we get angry and we're ready to go to battle, ready to go fight it out. But God says, hold your peace sometime. Come and bring the issue or the problem or the concern to me and I will do it for you. Look at verse number four. And he said in these words, he said, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask for help from God. So he put them on a fast and he told them all to go pray and seek God for the answer because we got three nations that's getting ready to come up and fight and destroy us. So the, so the leader of the nation says we need to seek God out and ask God for help and direction. You ever had that neighbor that just wouldn't quit? Have ever had that individual that just want to fight it out no matter what you say or how you talk, or no matter how soft you spoke, they still was, had that rage and anger within them and they wanted to go to battle. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but the man of God in this story, he takes the spiritual approach and he goes to God and he seeks God. And not only does he go, but he puts the nation on fast and he sends them on their knees to seek God for the answer. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came and sought God. In verse number five, it says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of God before the new court, and said unto, and said, O Yahuwah Elohim, <clears throat> or God, our Father, are not you the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth? That's what, what the word Elohim means. Creator of heaven and earth. And you rule not just over all of the kingdoms, but over the heathens too. So these people were heathens and they were coming up to fight this man and the nation of Judah and Israel. And your hands is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Are not you Elohim and did not and did drive out all of the inhabitants of the land before the people of Israel? And gave it the seed of Abraham, your friend forever. So God had blessed Israel with this land. And now here come these three nations coming to fight Israel and take this land from them. It says, and they dwelt therein and have built your sanctuary. Israel now dwells in this land of promise. But these nations are coming to fight and take it away from them. And then he goes on, he says, he built your sanctuary therein for your name. Saying, if when evil come upon us. 
as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house in your presence. So they took the issue or the matter into the presence of God and asked God for comfort and God for guidance and God for direction. He could have said, go get the army ready. We're going to fight. But he didn't do that. He said, let's go to God. Let's seek God and see what he has to say about this issue. The rest of that says, for your namesake in this house. He says, and cried unto you our afflictions. Then you will hear and help us. When we come before you and share our afflictions, we come to you and share our problems. You always hear us and you always answer us. So Jehoshaphat is talking to God in front of these people. Look at verse 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who you would not let Israel invade when they came, but of the land of Mysterium or Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. See, Israel had a time chance to take them out, but God wouldn't let them do it. They turned, Israel did, and went another way. He said, but behold, I say how they reward us to come and cast us out of the possession, out of the land that you've given us. Now here they come, Father. So just notice this man's having a conversation with God, but the whole congregation is standing there as he's talking, which you have given us for an inheritance. He says, oh, Eloi, or God, or Yahuwah, or Jehovah, as some may say, will you not judge them? For we have no might against the great company that comes against us. We don't have any might against them. He said, I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. You ever been in that place where you just didn't know what to do? Uh-huh. How to respond? How to answer? Right. Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. Look at what he says. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon you. So when you fix your eyes on God, when you seek him for the answer, guess what he does? He always, 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 always give you the answer. It may not be what you want to hear, but he always gives you the answer. Look at verse 13. It says, all and all Judah stood before Yahuwah with their little ones, their women and their children. And then upon Zechariah, the son of, of, of Zechariah, Zechariah, I got this. This is a different translation I'm reading from. The son of Benayahu, the son of Yeol, the son of Matthew, a Levite. So the Levites were the priests of the land, of the sons of Achaph and of Ruach, Yahuwah, or the Holy Spirit, or the Holy God, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, now God speaks to this man. And he says, hearken ye, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. So the man of God says, listen, God has something to say to you. Be quiet. Listen to what he has to say. So the man of God begins to minister. Thus saith God or the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. He says there's a great army through you. You've got three nations coming up against you to fight you. And you're two small nations. He said, don't be afraid. Then he says, for the battle, and I know we all heard this before, is not yours. The battle is not yours, he says, but God's, the Lord's. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. He said, go down there where they at. Behold, 
They come up by the cleft of Tissus, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of uh, Jeru. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. God said, this is my battle. I just want you to go down there so I can show you and she, so you can see the salvation of the Lord. You just go down there and watch what happens. You ever, you ever had somebody coming up against you and before you just worried and worried and worried sick and before they can do anything to you, something happened to them? God step in and put a stop to them before they can do anything to you. He says, set your, he says, set yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. He said, go down there with boldness. Go down there with strength and power. Stand firm. I want you to go down there like you got, you know, you may not have the 50, but go down there like you got 200,000. Go down there and stand firm. He says, don't fear them and don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For Yahuwah will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and fell before God and worshipped him. Now they got the answer. So now they what? Give thanks. The blessing is in giving thanks. When you give God thanks, he will bless you. When you receive from God, say thank you, Lord. When you receive from God, say I praise you and bless you for the answer. So the man of God, the leader of the nation, bows first, puts his face to the ground and says, thank you, Lord. And when he bowed and put his face to the ground and said, thank you, and worshiped God and the, the Levites and the children of Kadoshim and the children of Koshu stood to up to praise God and Israel with a loud voice on high. Now watch what they do. This is interesting. Because we would think that they would get their armor and everything ready to go to battle. But that's not what these people did. Look at the next verse 20. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness to Tekoa. And they went forth. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe ye in Yahuwah or Elohim. So shall ye be established. He said, bleed me. Then watch what he says. Bleed his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had thus spoken or consulted with the people, he appointed singers. People to give praise and glory to God. He appointed singers. It says unto uh, Judah, that unto the Lord, that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and to say, praise God or Yahuwah for his mercy endures forever. Now notice, they're getting ready to go to fight. But God takes and set in the forefront of the army people of praise who will worship and sing songs of praise and thanksgiving unto him. Verse 22 says, and when they began to sing and praise God, God set an ambush against the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Mount Seir, which came up against Judah, and they were smitten. Now they're setting up there getting ready. They think they're going to win a fight. God uses uh, 
praise to deliver his children. He uses praise to bring them to the place of victory. Look at verse 23. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood against in the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy each other. They started fighting one another. Now, can you imagine the praise is so strong in a battle that the people that's coming to fight you begin to fight themselves? They became so disoriented and so unorganized that they forgot who they were fighting. That shows the power and the glory of God over his, and the protection of God over his people. These people were so, so fired up that they just started killing one another. And not only did they begin to fight each other, they literally destroyed each other. Verse 24 says, and when uh, Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude and behold, there they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and nobody escaped. Everybody was destroyed because they came up against Israel. If you go back and look into the, uh, into the, the Apocrypha, you find many, many different stories how God destroyed every nation that came up against Israel. None of them defeated Israel. Only the ones that God allowed to defeat Israel defeated them. But God destroyed this, these three nations. They fought themselves. God said, what? The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. And sometimes we have to remember the battle is not ours. When the enemy comes, God says, I will hide you and they can't even find you. You'll be right in their presence and they look at it and can't even see you. Because what? I'm going to hide you. I'm going to hide you from them. Now here, Israel standing there, Judah standing there, and these nations killing themselves. And they go into the camp, and when they go into the camp, they find all these people dead. <clears throat> they didn't have to lift a finger. They didn't have to shoot a bone arrow. They didn't have to blow a horn. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was just stand there and watch God fight their battle. And sometimes that's what we have to do. Just give him praise, give him glory, give him thanks. He will fight the battle and give you the victory. And that's what Jehoshaphat had prayed for. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, don't worry about it. The battle's mine. I'll take care of it. And sometimes when they fight you, say, Lord, what shall I do? And he'll say, stand still. Don't you move. You just keep giving me praise. You just keep worshiping. You just keep saying thank you, Lord, for all you have done. And watch what happens. It says, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoils of them, they found among them an abundance of both riches with dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off of them more than they could even carry. And they were three days in gathering the spoils. It was so much. Yes. Imagine you got so much wealth among these three nations, that it took Israel three days to gather it all up. Uh -huh. That's a lot of wealth. Right. So instead of you destroying Israel and defeating them, God says, I'm going to prosper you. Notice the verse I said, said, if you listen to the prophets, I'm going to prosper you. And the man of God, the Levite, came and gave them the word, and they stood on the word of God. God destroyed everybody, and then gave them all of their possessions and made them even richer than they already were. And so God says, I will take from the rich and give to the poor. So the wealth of the wicked, the word says, is what? Laid up and stored up for the righteous. That's the word of God. The oppressed, the poor, those that are beggarly, those that need the things of God. He will take the wealth of the riches of the wealth and uh, of, the, of the wicked and give it to the righteous. 
And these people began to praise and give God glory and praise because of what God did for them. The word of God tells us, the psalmist said earlier in the, in the Psalm, Psalm 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, come unto his courts with praise, be thankful unto him, and what? Bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth unto all generations. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs, for God favors those who rejoice. He favors those who uplift him in praise and worship. That's why we come in on Sunday morning. I want us to sing stuff that brings, he said, make a joyful noise. You know, you done been beat down all week. You come in there dragging, oh, Lord, I want you to help me. No, he said, go ahead and sing something with some life in it. Lift, lift the spirits of the people of God. You know, sometimes we have to sing some fiery stuff because I know the devil done whipped us all week, myself included. And we need, sometimes I say, I'm going to sing, sometimes I'm going to let you sing. And the reason is because I want you to have your spirits lifted too. You know, you say, boy, you sing so fiery, you just lift us all. No, lift yourself up. When you come in God's house, bring some fire with you. Don't come in here looking for the fire. Bring it. You know, and give some praise and thanks and rejoice and glorify and magnify God. And whenever you come, you got fire with you. That bill's on the fire that's already in here. You don't ever know when I'm coming in. Ain't got no fire. I may sit there and don't say a word the whole, the whole thing or song, the whole service. You never know. Because the devil attacks everybody. He don't just attack you, he'll attack me. He'll attack everybody. And when we come in here, we come in here what? Because we need our souls stirred. We need to be encouraged. We need to be uplifted. We need to be inspired. And when we rejoice and give him praise, we get the victory. We walk out re rejuvenated. We walk out refreshed. We walk out feeling glee and happy and rejoicing and giving him praise and thanksgiving for another day. For another powerful message that encourages and uplifts all of us. See, the word uplifts me just like it uplifts you. That's why I say, God, bless the word and let it go forth and lift us all up. Uh -huh. Now, I don't want to preach and, well, Lord, I told him what you said, but I told I sure feel miserable today. No, no, the word is for me just like it is for you. The same word feeds me just like it feeds you. I eat it first, then I share what the Lord shared with me, with you. The Lord blesses the righteous. He surrounds them with the shield of favor, protection, strength, power, salvation, and peace. So he, he, this is what God does for the righteous. The Lord is the strength of his people, a protection of salvation for his anointing. The Lord gives his people strength and the Lord blesses his people with the peace of God. God, you are awesome, the word says. In your sanctuary, the God of Israel himself gives strength. We know that. We heard that in the story. He strengthened Israel and all they had to do was just stand there and receive it. He gave them victory. All they had to do was just stand there and inherit it. He gave them riches. All they had to stand do is go and get them. Sometimes God will tell you to go get it. You say, no, the Lord, I'd like to have some. No, go get it. It's yours for the asking. Go get it. He beat down three nations and sent the children and said, now go get what they got and put it in your treasure. Go take it from them. They don't deserve to have it no way. See, God will tell you, go get it. You said, oh, Lord, I sure need a new car. Go get it. The same God bless you with the house or bless you with a car. All you got to do is what? Exercise your faith, speak it into existence, and when the time is right, God will open that door. And you have a small window of time to go there and do what you need to do. God says, I've opened the door, go. 
The blessing's waiting on you, go. What you're waiting on, go. The job is available, go. The opportunity is open, go. What are you waiting on, go. The blessing is there, go get it. And you're still fumbling around trying to figure out what's going to happen next. No, and I already opened the door. Go through the door. I'm giving you the victory. Take the victory and use it. And give me the praise. And see, that's one thing about God. He don't want you to give his glory and his praise to nobody else. When I get a car sale, I say, Lord, thank you for this sale. I don't tell them people. I say, ah, congratulations. I tell God, thank you. Because he, what God is, always remember, God is the source. The people are the channel that he used to bless you. Don't ever forget that. God is your source. And the people you work with or work for are the channel that God used to bless you. People walk up to you and bless you. You say, Lord, that was a blessing. God uses people to bless you. You say, there ain't no money going to fall out the sky. Stand there if you want to. If it fall out, it's because somebody done, done, done stole it and went up in the air and it's dropping back down. But ain't nothing going to fall out the sky unless that happened. So you have, your blessings come through the people you deal with or the people God send you to. And God tell you, you want something, God said, go to this place right here. That's the channel he's open for you to get that blessing. And sometimes you go around the world and come back. You can't get your blessing because you didn't do it the way God told you to do it. And one time I told my uh, daughter's mother she wanted a car. And I said, go to this location. And I said, pick out any car you want. And I will come down there and sign the paperwork. And it took her six months, six months. She kept going, finding these old raggedy, beat up, beat down calls that had this and had that and a good radio and a good set of tires. And the car wasn't worth a nickel. And I said, whenever you go and look at the place where I told you to go, I will come and sign the paperwork. And one day I was out driving my UPS truck and she called. And she said, I'm at Parkway Ford. I said, it took you six months to get there. Six months. But I stopped what I was doing because I was right across the street at the marketplace. And I walked over to Parkway Ford and signed the documents and she drove away in a brand new car. Said, God will bless you. He will open a door for you. But you have got to be willing to submit and do what he says. So God says, if you listen to my prophets, I will prosper you. If you follow the teaching of the word, I will bless and strengthen you. So you you were were a little sick and you start feeling better and you say, oh man, them Tylenols really helped. No, they didn't. That was just the dope to cope. It was the healing that God administered to you that healed you. It wasn't the dope to cope. We all take a pill every now and then when something aches. You say, just rub yourself with some anointing on and say, Lord, remove that pain. Oh, Lord, give me the wisdom to make the right decision involving whatever this is that's bothering you. And then God will lead you and guide you. But when the pain gone, as soon as the dope wear off, guess what? Pain come back. <laughs> See? So God says what? Trust me. Put your faith and assurance in me and I will deliver you. God, you are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength, power to his people He blessed them and he says, bless me in return. God is secure, is a secure refuge for the oppressed. A stronghold in the time of trouble. He says, I'm right here for you. Seek me. What did Jehoshaphat do? He looked to God. He said, Israel, Jerusalem, 
We all going to look to God. And it'd be good whenever the minister can say, let's take it to God in prayer. When people call me, I say, what? Pray about it. Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons you have against all of the attacks of the enemy. It is the most powerful weapon. And then learning how to use the tools of the scripture. When you use the, what is the tool of, of, of the most powerful tool other than prayer? It's God's word. Speak the word to the situation and I declare you will get results. When you use God's word against whatever the devil trying to do to you, I rebuke you and the word says, and you say what that word says, I decree and declare it and speak it with vigor, speak it with, 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 with power, speak it with authority, because you have authority in the word of God. And that's one of the things the church needs to learn. We have authority. Yes, yes. And we walk around like barely weaklings. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how to handle that situation. Let me call Brother Don and see what he got to say about it. Let me call Sister Sue and see what she got to say. No, I'll talk to the Lord and see what he got to say about it. And then do what he says. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. That's what his job is. He says, when I, Christ said, when I leave, I'm going to send a comforter. He will teach you and bring back to your remembrance everything I ever said. That's what Christ said to the, to the people. He said, I'm going to bring it back to your mind through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit come upon you, I'm going to what? Endow you with power. And you will be what? Witnesses unto who? Me. That's what the word says. He said, I'm going to give you the power. He said, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth, the word which you speak. The kingdom is what? Inside. Y'all looking up there trying to get the kingdom to come down. The kingdom is inside of you. Lord, come down and help me. No, no, no. The kingdom is inside. God said, I place the kingdom in you. And you're walking around looking for it and looking up in the sky. But I placed it inside of you. All you got to do is speak what I tell you. What did God tell Jehoshaphat? Be still. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still. I'm going to fight the battle. It's not yours. It belongs to me. Be still. Yes. See, a lot of people teach that out of context. They don't create the matter and then they want the Lord to fight the battle. No, 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 it don't work like that. See, God stepped in because the Israel was what? Doing right by God. When we do right by God, God steps in and gives us the victory. But if we create the fight, well, then now sometimes he'll let you handle it yourself. See, you, you put that dog in the fight, so you get it out. You probably ain't never heard it that way, but that's an old saying. You, got, you put it in there, so you go get it. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to uplift you and inspire you and give you the victory. But you have to give the situation or the problem to God. Where is the answer? God. Where's the deliverance? In Christ. Where's the victory? In Christ. Where's your deliverance? In Christ. Where is everything you need? In Christ. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Give him the praise. And the more you do that, the more you will see the blessings of God manifest in your life. How great is your goodness, which you have treasured up for these who fear you, the word says. God says, I will give you the treasure of deliverance and victory. Keep your faith and trust in me and watch what I do for you. He tells us, 
God gives us wise instructions from his word. He says, I'm going to bless you, but you have to listen to what I say. When you read the word, when you open your Bible in the morning and read the word of God, oh, that's for brother so-and-so. No, 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 brother, no, sister, that's for you. Ain't nobody sitting in front of that Bible when you read it but you. <laughs> it ain't for nobody else. He may allow you to soak it in and use it to share with somebody else that need to hear what he told you. But when you read the word, it's for you. Don't pick up the Bible and read the word. Mama, I saw this in the Bible and let me get you straight. No, 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 that's for you. That word is for you. Whatever you read, it's for you. If it's bitter, take it and eat it and do better. If it's sweet, give him glory and praise and share it with somebody because you will meet somebody that need it. But don't read the word and take it for somebody else. You know, that's a rotten so-and-so. No, 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 no. That word for you. <laughs> so stop calling yourself names. <laughs> when God gives you a word, well, it's bittersweet. It's for you. We all know that now. We, as true Christians, we ought to know that. If you don't, welcome to America and to the real word of God. Because we don't make it. We didn't, I mean, I did a sermon Monday. It was pretty bitter, but they had to chew it up. Some of y'all was here. The word of God is sincere. It is the only thing that will correct you. The more you hear the word, guess what? The stronger you become. Yes. The more you grow. See, I don't want the congregation to just be sitting around and not growing. That's what the word, the word helps you to grow. Yes. You know, if you haven't grown in a year, it's been a year since I've been here. If you haven't grown in a year, you know, woe be unto you. You should have seen, you should have learned something or developed something or received something to help your spiritual life. Because we teach the word. We don't beat around the bush. We don't play with it. We give it to you raw. Yes, yes. Just like God gave it to us, I give it, he give it to me, I give it to you. And ain't nobody coming in this pulpit ain't going to teach the word. You ain't got to worry about that as long as I'm here. And if somebody come up here that I thought was going to teach the word and didn't, they won't be back. Because the, the world needs, people are dying on the vine. They need encouragement. They need to hear the word of God. They need to know that they can live. They can make it. They, they have victory. They need to know that Christ is the answer for whatever they're going through. And if we beat around the bush and not sincere and not teaching the word of God, how can these people find victory and deliverance? You know, people committing suicide and shooting themselves and killing themselves and running around killing each other. That's because they don't know the word of God. They don't know the value of themselves. Know your worth. You are somebody in Christ. You are very valuable to the kingdom of God. Know your worth. You are worth something more than $10 an hour or $12 an hour. Your, your worth is more important than that. You have power, strength, and vigor. You have authority. See? We have to teach these little children in here. You are somebody. You're valuable. Don't ever let anybody tell you you're not valuable. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you're not worth anything or that you're this or that. No, you say, I'm worth something because God made me something. He made me somebody. I have strength. I have power within me. I don't care what your history was. Right where you are, you are worthy and you are worth what God says you are worth. The value of God is within you. The power of God is within you. And the spirit of God within you makes you more valuable than any worldly person you'll ever meet. Yes, yes. Because what? You are a child of the kingdom. You are royalty, but for God's sake. Praise the Lord. You have the power 
of the living God inside of you. And that's enough to rejoice and give praise and thanks to God. Well, let's wrap this up. The psalmist says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted or uneasy within me? Put your hope in God. For the salvation of God is what you need. The presence of God is what delivers and brings you to the place of victory. Hope in God, for I shall thank him because he is my what? Savior. My deliverer. The one who gives me victory and strength to go forth. I don't care what the devil says. You have the victory. You are more than a conqueror. That's what the word says. Through Christ. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. I will thank the Lord among the nations. I will sing of your praises among the people. Let the people thank you, O Lord. Let all the people thank you for your faithfulness as well in the assembly of the holy ones of God. When you come into the house of God, he says what? Give thanksgiving. Give him praise. Magnify, edify, and glorify him. When we say those words, those are the powerful words that makes the kingdom stop and look down and see what's going on. I got people praising me. Angels can't praise. Yes, yes. God gave worship and praise to us when Satan messed up. God gave it to the church. He gave it to the believers. He said, you worship and praise me. I expect to receive it from you, not from the devil. Not from the world. You got the world singing religious songs and they have no real meaning. Are they doing this because it sells records? There's nothing in it that's sincere. It sells records and, they, and people buy it. Kanye West have made a religious or a spiritual uh, uh, record now. And they playing it over and over and over. Is his heart sincere? I pray that it is. Uh-huh. Others are singing spiritual songs now because they know that's where the money is. Yes. That's the, they know that those sell records and now all of them coming out with gospel music. Because it sells records and Christians will buy it. You know, they, they say, well, wait a minute, for years we have left the whole market out. We got to record some of the stuff that they like. And that's exactly what they're doing. Kanye's record is number one in the nation. People said it would never do nothing. Well, they've been wronged because the church buying it in droves. Yes. And he said, what? The word of God tells us. Let me wrap this up. In all things, be thankful unto God, our creator, Christ Yeshua, the Savior, the anointed Messiah. He says, and the Holy Spirit, the comforter and teaches, give thanks to God for all he's done. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, for he is worthy of our praises. Three things we must remember. Number one, in all things, rejoice. No matter what your experience is, no matter what you're going through, rejoice. Give God glory and praise for what you're going through. Pray continually. Never stop praying and seeking God for direction, for strength. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, give you guidance, show you in the word what you need to do. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Always give him thanks. No matter what you experience, no matter what you go through. Always, always. Somebody passed away, give God praise. He says what? Rejoice when they leave, weep when they come into the world. We've twisted it. 
Give him praise. Thank him. Exalt him. When you think about all he's done for you this season and this year, we've come through a full year and none of us have had COVID. The ones that have have gotten over it. And they've got their health and strength back. God says, I will watch over and keep you. No disease will come near your dwelling place. When you put me first, when you seek me, if something happens, God will strengthen you and give you back your health. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we come this morning to bless you, to praise you, to glorify, edify, and magnify your holy name. We thank you for this message, Father. We give you thanks for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your glory and your presence in this place. We thank you for the anointing power and the Holy Spirit who rules and reigns with us, in us, and through us. Use us for your glory and let us have thankful hearts. Let us have hearts of gratitude for all the things you have already done for us and how you continue to bless us. Enrich us with your word and your wisdom and your power and strengthen us to go forth knowing that everything is all right because our faith and trust is in you, our Savior. We praise you today. We thank you. We magnify and edify. Now let this word go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast said it. Bless every heart under the sound of my voice and strengthen them and uplift them and give them the peace that passeth all understanding and let them know that surely you are with them to watch over, protect, and keep them safe from all of the enemy attacks. And we bind powers of darkness, demonic forces, spiritual wickedness in every high thing. We come against the prince of the air and the powers of darkness and give you all the glory and praise, our Heavenly Father. For you are worthy of the praise and we give you glory and we bind the powers of the enemy. We loose your power and your glory and your majesty and we walk in the peace that passes all of the standing. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen, amen, and amen.